Hello, and welcome to Short Form the Podcast. Hello, Super Team. Thank you for joining me again for another week. I hope everyone had an amazing holiday week. I know I did. Mucho, mucho food was eaten. It was fantastic. This is going to be a little bit of a uh, ramble, I guess you could say. Not that any of the previous episodes, I think, have been super dialed in and clean. The clock is running, and what I wanted to do today, I was doing research about, you know, Thanksgiving and being thankful and gratitude and whatnot, but throughout my research, I came across this really interesting article from 1996, and I wanted to talk about that today because I feel like that is a chance to not necessarily talk about gratitude, but talk about maybe the kind of the opposite of that of... Um, making the sacrifices necessary to create the world that you want to create. There is a sense of gratitude, I think, present in that, but today I wanted to focus on this one amazing person from uh, Michigan when this happened. So we're just going to jump right in here. So in June 1996, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, a group of KKK decided that they wanted to have a rally of some kind. Well, obviously... There were going to be anti-Klan people showing up, you know, people who wanted to, pro you know, anti-protest or protest against them being present, which obviously we know is setting the stage for some kind of clash between these two groups. And what's interesting to my, to my, in my research that I found about this, I don't think too many things happened as far as uh, aggression that day, but one instance really stood out. One instance, I think, set the tone. And this person, I think, might be one of the best examples of an everyday leader that I have come across thus far. So during the course of the protest, one, one group was on one side, one group was on the other, and I think they were actually fenced off at one point. But somehow, for some reason, a member or a someone wearing Confederate flag, Confederate memorabilia also had, like I think they had an SS tattoo on their shoulder or something like that, was walking through the anti- protest. And at a certain point, the, someone with a megaphone pointed out that there's this person walking amongst them. And I think quickly after that, it devolved into him trying to get away. But the group that was protesting against the KKK started to attack this person. Now, I don't know if he said anything. I don't know if he antagonized them. There's not a lot of information that preceded what happened. But they started to hit him with their you know, punches and kicks and things like that. But they all started to hit him with their protest signs. And it wasn't long before he was on the ground and he was being beaten. Well, a young woman, a young woman, I say, she was a teenager. Kashia Thomas was 18 years old. She was a high school student. And she was present at the rally. And obviously she was on the, you know, the anti-Klan side. But when she saw this happening, she did something unprecedented. She didn't join in. She actually jumped on top of the man to protect him from the mob that was attacking him. And she actually shouted at them to stop attacking him. Due to her actions, he was not that injured to my understanding. And she actually helped him get up and walked him away from the crowd. And I don't really know, again, there's not a lot of information that uh, is available that happened before or after the attack. But the fact that she decided to do this 
is unprecedented. Now, a couple things to keep in mind here, just as far as understanding where the world is at this point in time, it's 1996. So there's no social media, obviously. But in 1996, you have to understand that Windows 95 is barely a year old. In fact, it's less than a year old at this point. So the internet, quotation marks, as it exists at the time, is, man, not even in its infancy. It's just barely existent. This is a time where extremely slow dial-up. Those of you who grew up with that sort of dial-up know exactly what I'm talking about. Sitting there for two to seven minutes waiting for that thing to finally connect. And then really the only thing that did exist at the time were bulletin boards because everything was so slow. So there was no video, there was no YouTube. News sites were in their infancy as well. So you could kind of get information, but it was very sparse. The reason I bring this up is because I think the current world, not just America, but the, the, the entire planet, is so defined by its dependency and obsession with everything online, especially with social media. We can access anything we want 24-7. That didn't exist. This is 1996. In fact, I would have to look it up when the first, uh, when CNN became about and was the first news station of 24-hour coverage. That's fairly recent at this point. That is, I believe they existed at the time. All of that to say, this is something that happened in some, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan. There was no 24-hour news coverage per se at the time. It was probably something that was glossed over. I honestly don't even remember hearing about this at all. I was a little bit older than I think I was 20 at the time, maybe 19. So this is something that this person did knowing, I would think at the time, that she's not doing anything that's going to get make her a notor uh, notoriety online. It's not going to be posts and likes and retweets or anything like that. She did this to save this man's life. Now, to further go down, you know, what she was thinking, thankfully there's actually quite a few um, interviews that happened. And this is what she said in one of her interviews. Mob mentality had taken over. It became barbaric. When people are in a crowd, they are more likely to do things they would never do as an individual. Hashtag social media. That's me, not her. Someone had to step out of the pack and say, this isn't right. When they dropped him to the ground, it felt like two angels had lifted my body up and laid me down. And then she would go on to say, I knew what it was like to be hurt. The many times that that happened, I wish someone would have stood up for me. But violence is violence. Nobody deserves to be hurt, especially not for an idea. She's 18 years old saying this. I'm kind of, even as I've researched this, every time I think about that, and I think about what's going on in the world today, and the entitlement attitude that so many Americans have, and the demand for recognition, see me as something awesome and special, just for being born, things like that. This just is like a neon sign to me. And also I should point out, and I'll link this in the episode notes, there are there was a student photographer, Mark Bruner, Brunner, who was there that day and he took pictures. And there's actually photos of this man running from the crowd. And what's interesting is because she is right in the front of that crowd. She's not running after him, but she's at the head of the crowd. And there are quite a few photos 
of her fighting through to get to him, of pushing people off, and then her laying herself over him and yelling for people to stop and protecting him. It's quite astonishing. Now, she would go on, this is 1996, so it's a couple decades ago. Now, she was gone on to lead a life of trying to be service to others. She's volunteered to gather food and supplies for people of the um, Hurricane Katrina. She was also at Ground Zero after the 2001 attacks to volunteer and do what she could there. So this is someone, and she's gone on to do other things, but this is someone who's dedicated her life to doing these sort of things and being of service to others, but also being upfront about if you want the world to be better, you have to step up and do it. And there is an article that, again, I will include. Um, actually, it's a Reddit that she did. It was an Ask Her Anything Reddit she did about eight years ago. And in one of them, someone asked her about, you know, advice for people who are young right now or what do they want to do to change the world, things like that. And she, she noted that she was going to her graduation, and she actually speaks at quite a few graduation ceremonies. But she was not speaking today. I think she was just in attendance. And she was running late, but by the time she got there, she heard the final comments. And one of the things this person said was that there wasn't much they could do to change their world, to improve the future. And she said she had to fight everything within herself to not stand up and, you know, yell at the top of her lungs. You know, this is what she said. I wanted to jump up and yell over everyone. The future is yours to change. It is your world and your life and how you live it. And change is up to you. And, you know, this is eight years after this event. So she's, what, roughly 24, something around there, or 26. Math is hard. And she has continued to live this life. And I thought that that is such a profound, simple example of what it means to be an everyday leader of going out there and making choices to live the life that you want to live regardless. This is someone, this is a young black teenager who stood up for a white racist, assuming that he is, I'm pretty sure he is by the way he was dressed and he was there at the rally. I think we can make some assumptions there. And she defended him with not just her voice, but with herself. She shielded him with her own self. That's astonishing to me. And the fact that she wanted to make sure that there were others there, that someone was there to stop this from happening. She wanted to be the person that she wished someone would have been for her in the times that she had been hurt. And in the Reddit that she did, there are quite a few comments of people saying that they have been influenced by this story of her over the years, that they were inspired by her effort that they were moved by the fact that she would do this. And even the photographer, the young photographer, the student photographer that was there that day, was blown away by the fact that she would be the one to step up and do this. And this is 1996. Again, I know I seem to be harping on the time, but seeing where the world is right now and how people have a knee-jerk reaction, cancel culture, to just everything that happens immediately and we just kind of jump on people's throats and a lot of it and honestly feels motivated by trying to make a name for themselves. Like I want to be mob mentality, right? 
oh, you're terrible. You're a terrible person for this thing that you did, whatever, whatever that thing is. Regardless if it's warranted or not, this is at a time where that didn't exist. She had no clue that she would be known for this. She had no clue that this person was probably taking photos of her at the time or that there would be news stories and that she would be still talking about this. There are follow-up interviews that are 20 years old that followed up with her in 2016 and even beyond. The last thing that I found so far on her is that she moved to Detroit. She was living in Texas for a while to start a nonprofit to help people, to help rebuild the city and to also give people who are challenged to get resources, the resources they need to get on their feet, to create jobs and whatnot. This is mind blowing to me. And this is such an awesome example of a, of a wonderful person who decided to make the world a better place in her own small way. Obviously she didn't wake up that day thinking that she was going to be some kind of hero or defending somebody. But I asked myself, if I was put in a similar situation, what would I do? I don't know. I would like to think that I would stop and try to stop it from happening. Definitely know myself enough to that I would not join a mob mentality and beating someone. But would I put myself in harm's way? That's an answer I don't know. I haven't been put in that position specifically. I think it's astonishing to see this example and to ask ourselves in a very slanted world right now, what would you do? What would we do to make the world a better place? What are you willing to sacrifice? And I ask myself this question, not only for this podcast, but also for, you know, to move forward. What do I want to do with myself? I don't know if you can hear my neighbor's dog in the background, but that is a dog yelping. I don't know if the microphone's picking that up, but we'll end it there. Thanks for listening. I just wanted, I thought this was a fantastic way to sort of capitalize on this time of year of holidays and family and friends. I, there's something about this that resonated with me. Hopefully it does with you. Clock is winding down. I will catch you next week. Tell your friends and neighbors. Thanks for listening.